0: Good morning, Good morning, you guys. How are you all doing this morning? Good morning. Well, okay, well, it's 9.15. It's a little early, I understand. Good morning, you guys. <laughs> 15 minutes makes a big difference, I think. It, it makes a big difference. Um, good morning. I am Jorge. I'm the youth pastor here. I run our high school and middle school ministry. Uh, it's called Inside Out, and it's in one of the portables just right out there. My um, first time speaking here was just after Easter, it was this year, wasn't too long ago. Um, so I'm glad that I'm back, uh, it means something went well the first time, uh, but I'm really excited to be speaking to you all this morning. When Larry reached out to me and asked if I would speak again, um, you know, it's almost always uh, a yes, a huge yes. The, the big question though is, well, what are we going to talk about? And, Larry asked me if I would share a little bit about our Oklahoma mission trip that we just went on with our high school ministry. Um, This was an amazing trip that I'm excited to share more about with y'all. But I want to tell you uh, kind of what it took to to get to this point. Right? We went on a mission trip to Oklahoma City. It had been two years that we had been trying to go on this mission trip. uh, But because of different things going on, right, COVID and it's a whole bunch of other circumstances. We hadn't been able to plan another mission trip until this year. Finally, we were able to do it. We had 17 people on a team, uh, five leaders, myself included. We took three minivans and we drove seven and a half hours up to Oklahoma City. And while we were there, we were staying at a host church. And so this church uh, opens its doors to us. It allows us to stay and sleep and eat and do all the things that we need to do for the entire week uh, at their church. Um, And while we're there, uh, we have four days to serve the community of Oklahoma. So we partner with community leaders, and they know the needs of the city. So we get to go, and we get to go serve Oklahoma City. And so that's how this entire week um, kind of panned out. We got there. We're all super tired. Uh, We meet the church, we meet the community leaders, and we have four days to serve. And those four days, we get to serve between the hours of nine and four. So the entire time, the entire time that we're there, for me, the hours nine and four are the most important. This is when we're gonna get to go into the community, we're gonna get to meet the people, see the faces, work hard, show the love of Jesus. And in my head, before we had even arrived, I decided this was going to be the place that we're going to put all of our effort. We're going to 100% show the love of Jesus between 9 and 4 p.m. where we can serve the community of Oklahoma City. And that's exactly what we did. And um, I'm going to do my best not to make this an entire uh, talk about how great our students are. Uh, Though they are amazing and I will be bragging about them a little bit. But we arrived and that's exactly what we did. We served from 9-4, to we loved the people of Oklahoma City, we worked harder than anybody has ever worked, at least I would like to believe. uh, And we showed the love of Jesus in everything we did. There was one thing I was wrong about. And it was that the hours 9-4 to were not going to be the only times that we were going to be serving. Those were the only times that we were in the community to work on our specific work sites. But as soon as we got back to that host church, I had realized from day one that each student on this mission trip had made their decision that serving wasn't done. And as we got to this host, this host church in Oklahoma City, our students began taking it upon themselves to serve in every way possible. You know, we would come home covered in dirt from, from farming, We'd come home covered in drywall from working, and we would have a little bit of time to go get cleaned up, have some free time, and then it was dinner. But instead of getting cleaned up really quick and going to bed and then waking up for dinner, these students stayed up after getting all clean. They would help cook dinner. They would do extra chores. They would pick up plates. They would wait last in line. The list was endless. So when I arrived to the, ho- like to the host church, in my head, I had decided, okay, we did our work for today, now we get to rest, we get to prepare for tomorrow. But these students changed absolutely everything that I thought we were going to be doing this entire week. So just so you know a little bit more about our schedule, we'd wake up at 7 a.m. Every day, 7 a.m., we had to be ready in 15 minutes, we had to be at the breakfast hall, And that's where we got breakfast. You had probably another 25 minutes to eat breakfast there. If you missed breakfast, you kind of missed it. (laughs) And they were really nice to let us get food for when some of our teams did sleep in occasionally. Then we had morning devotionals and we were off. So we were constantly running around every single moment of every single day. There was very little downtime. And for me, I'm I'm an extrovert introvert I am extroverted all of the time until I realize that I need alone time. Um, it's not a very healthy relationship there, but on day three, I realized I need some alone time. So I woke up an hour early. Woke up at 6 a.m., and I went to the breakfast hall to just get a morning devotional in and to just kind of have some peace and quiet. And on my way to the breakfast room, I passed through the kitchen, and that's where the staff had been up making pancakes, getting ready for the entire day. There was about 90 people at this church serving that week. So they had a lot of pancakes to make. Anyways, I popped in and said hi. And in the kitchen, I saw one of our students. And my first reaction was just, why are you awake at 6 in the morning making pancakes right now? Go, like, go to bed. We have a whole day. Uh, but before I could even say anything, immediately my brain switched from that first thought to, oh, my goodness. He's awake at 6 a.m. cooking pancakes, helping the staff. So I walked in and I started talking to the student. um, And he told me, oh, yeah, last night they told me there was no way they were going to be able to make enough pancakes. So I got up an hour early to help them make some pancakes. How he woke up, I have no idea. The students didn't have phones. (laughs) Nobody brought an alarm clock. So how he managed to wake up that early and on time is beyond me. But it just completely blew me away that he saw that they needed some sort of help. And though it did not require him to do anything, he took it upon himself to wake up an hour early and cook pancakes for the other people at this host church. And so I went and had my morning Devo. And the more I thought about it um, as it sat on my mind, I realized that in reality, this is the life that Jesus modeled for us. And as I prepared this talk, as I tried to get my thoughts in order about just all the many things that I learned on this mission trip, this was the one thing that stuck out. And I, I will stop going on about our amazing students, but Larry did remind me at some point in this process preparing this talk that this is the kind of service to one another that Jesus modeled for us in some of his final days, some of his final moments That Jesus was really intentional about the idea of serving one another, even when it wasn't convenient. And you know, I can think of a trillion different reasons where Jesus served us, right? I mean, he did ultimately die for us. But the example that really stood out to me was in John 13, verses 12 through 17, and it says this. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set an example so that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now this is already just an amazing example of Jesus serving others and washing feet and being a servant, though he was greatly, you know, understood to be a leader. But Jesus at this point, and this is what stood out to me, had very little time before he was going to be crucified. And he knew the value of serving one another, And instead of taking these final moments where he could have went out on a beach and walked or gotten his favorite meal or whatever other thing that he might enjoy, instead of using that time that he had left to go do all these amazing things, to go, you know, enjoy it. Instead, he spent time with the disciples and he washed their feet. And it's because he knew the value of serving one another And it's so easy to see that he was intentional about picking those last moments that he had to wash feet. Now, I think spending a week in Oklahoma City with a bunch of high schoolers is a lot of sacrifice, Um, but I don't know if I would have picked the last moments of my life to wash the feet uh, of others if I had a choice. I don't think it would have been my first decision to say, oh, I only have this much time left, Well, then let me go wash feet. But this is exactly what we're being called to do. And that's where it clicked. That student who was making pancakes that morning, he made that conscious decision to not get an extra hour of sleep that morning. And he made a conscious decision to somehow wake up and to hear what people needed and to find a way that he could serve immediately following the next day. But he made that choice to see where he could serve others in these little moments. And we see that the kingdom that the Bible outlines for us truly is one where leaders are actually servants and not the other way around, but leaders are servants. And as I kept thinking about that during the Devo that morning, it just made so much sense why Jesus would go wash feet And it made so much sense that if that student really wanted to live the lifestyle that Jesus had laid out for him, that he would wake up an hour early and cook pancakes. Now, this isn't, you know, bad on any of the other students who did not wake up to cook pancakes. This was personally just, I think, something shared with him uh, the night before when he was talking to one of the leaders. And they said, yeah, we could use some extra hands cooking pancakes Uh, because they cooked probably about 250 of them. So he was the one who made that decision, and it wasn't something that the rest of the group didn't. But the joy and fulfillment of living this sort of lifestyle is something that lasts so much longer than that hour of sleep that that student could have gotten. And yes, after he cooked those pancakes, it was right into the day. We woke up at 7, we had breakfast, we got ready. From 9 to 4, we went and worked out in the sun, in the dirt, on the farm. We came back. We got cleaned up. We did more chores for the church. Had our nightly worship, right to bed, and did the same thing the next morning. But the joy and f- fulfillment—excuse me—of living this lifestyle as a servant is so much more, just longer-lasting than the other things in life, like getting that extra hour of sleep, than being first in line to get food out of the other 90 students. It lasts so much longer, this joy, than the joy that we would get if we skipped out on our chores because these other things just don't fulfill. They just don't last. The joy that we get from living this sort of servant lifestyle is something that goes way beyond this life. And I want to read Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. And it says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on this earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." Ultimately, I would consider a high schooler to have their treasure in sleep. That's what I thought until I met this student Um, But I wanted to demonstrate this a little further. And as I was getting ready for this talk, I saw one demonstration that another pastor used. And uh, it really put into perspective just how, I guess, little time we have to to live this lifestyle and how little time we have to make this sort of impact on this world. And this is what this other pastor did during this demonstration. He had uh, a piece of rope just like this about 15 feet or so, and he had a piece of it taped at the very end. And he started this demonstration by saying, this piece of tape, this is our lives. This is about all we get. And the rest of this rope can represent something like eternity. Obviously, if Home Depot wasn't so expensive, I'd have more rope, uh, but this is what we got. But this small piece of tape, that is our lives here on this earth. And the rest of this rope represents what comes after life, the eternity that we have. And ultimately, these this you know couple inches of tape rope, we get to decide what we do with it. But this is all we get. And let's just assume it's somewhere around 100 years or just under 100 years and the rest of this is what comes after. But this is what each and every one of us gets. And it's really easy to take this little time that we have and to divide it up into a bunch of different sections in our lives. If you want to call it the American dream, if you want to call it milestones, but we all have certain goals, desires, wants in this life that maybe we use to mark throughout our lifetime. For example, let's just say at 16, there's a milestone, What happens at 16, we get our driver's license, some of us, if we're trusted enough. At 18, we finish high school, or maybe we begin college, begin our career, so that puts us right about here. At 22, maybe you graduate your high school, or excuse me, your college. Maybe you get, you know, you further your education, you get started in your career path, so that puts us somewhere around there on this piece of tape. Between 22 and 35, you might get married or you might find the right job, maybe the right position uh, at that company that you started in college. So that puts us right about over there. And between 22 and 35, um, like I said, maybe you get married, you start start a family for some of us. And between 35 and 60, it's a pretty large gap. Maybe you have kids. Maybe you get ready to 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 retire, but that puts us pretty far back in this piece of tape. And lastly, the last milestone that everybody, I think, knows in here is 65. That's where everybody gets to retire, which I just found out. If you're born after a certain year, the retirement age is now 67, so that changed. (laughs) Um, But that's it. Maybe that milestone at 65 is retiring. And what's left there in that little piece of tape right there where my index finger is, that's where you get to enjoy everything that we chased after in this life. Maybe that's spending time with family. Maybe that's enjoying grandkids. That might be sitting on a lake house somewhere. But that's what we get to enjoy. The remainder of this life, which is about 25 to 35 years, that's what we get to enjoy. And just like that, in about a minute and a half, I just described about 100 years of life with eight milestones, and that's, that's what we get. And when this pastor was describing this sort of lifestyle, where we get eight to ten milestones, and that's as much time as we get on this planet, and the rest of it is eternity, he paused, and he said, I just realized how insignificant those milestones became. Not that family isn't important, not that graduating is important. These are important things. But he said, nobody talks about what happens in between those milestones. Nobody talks about, you know, what happens between the ages of 16 and 18. Nobody talks about what happens after you graduate college and before you get married. Nobody talks about the age between 35 and 65. It's all just a blur. And he said, it becomes so easy to overlook these little moments where life happens. Because people can become so focused on these milestones, they can become so focused on what's ahead that they forget what's in between these milestones. And he said, what if we just imagined this type of lifestyle for Jesus, per se? A lifestyle where Jesus looked forward to milestones or large events in his own life, and he focused only on these Goals. So, some large events in Jesus' life might be him being born, might be him being baptized, it might be him finding the disciples, his first miracle, might be his crucifixion, and it might be his resurrection. Right? There's a lot of other huge events that happen in his life, obviously, but for this purpose, these five events, and just like that, we went through large events in the life of Jesus. And if Jesus was only focused on these five large events in his own life, then where does that leave all the other conversations, little moments of serving, and ministry that he does in between those? They can become easily overlooked. If Jesus was only focused on these five things that he knew he had to do, then what happens to the rest of those little moments? What happens to the moments where, you know, he's having conversations at the well? What happens to the moments where he's having dinner with different people? What happens to those moments? If he's focused on the big picture, these little moments can become so much more easier to miss. But Jesus knew the importance of these little everyday moments and he took the time to be intentional and serve. And I think that's why even though he only had a little bit of time left, even though he only had so much time left on this earth to do whatever it is that he wanted to do, instead of going out and doing those things, he took that time to wash feet. Because he knew that these small little moments, the everyday life, that's where the importance is. And these larger goals are big and they are important and they must be focused on. But Jesus didn't only focus on those. He focused on the little everyday moments as well. So this student, for example, going back to the pancake cooking student, he could have focused on the four to nine time period that we had to serve the city of Oklahoma. He could have focused on getting rest so that he could work harder, so he could work longer, so that he didn't have to take as many breaks, and so he could be well prepared for this one event in the day where he could serve his heart out. But instead, instead of saying, I'm just going to just save up all my energy for this one moment, to save up all my energy for this one period, he realized the importance of the little moments found throughout the day which for him was talking to the church staff, was finding how he could help them and serve them, and was ultimately simply cooking pancakes. Now, at this point, I was pretty certain that what he had done was already just such an important thing that I had learned. But just to take this further, the staff of the church, after we had left Oklahoma City, had sent us a letter just to thank us for how much the students cared for them. And it blew me away because this was supposed to be a week where they cared for us and we cared for Oklahoma City. But instead, the students taught me that we can go there and care for the staff and we can care for the city and we can care for everybody that's a part of our lives, both in the scheduled times and in the little moments in between. And we didn't have to pick one or the other. We didn't have to decide, well, we'll serve here so we won't serve there. Or we'll put our energy here so we won't do as much over there. This student showed me, along with all the rest, that this type of servanthood, this type of servant lifestyle is one that can happen in the little moments and one that can happen in the scheduled moments as well. And you don't have to decide. And Jesus, he modeled that as well. I'm sure that him being crucified and you know coming back to life for our sins would have been more than enough, more than enough to show his great love for us. But he didn't stop there. He did wash feet and he did have conversations with people every single day and he did go to dinners and he did build relationships with these people in the smaller moments, not just these larger moments like when he gave his life for us. So while we all do have this short while on this earth, and while we all do still have these goals, and while we all do probably still have these milestones placed in our life, they aren't bad things. I would even say that they're good things. But it's still important not to forget what can happen in between these large milestones what can happen in these everyday conversations that we have with people and what can happen when we take those opportunities and we serve the people around us it is our choice and it is our you know is our decision to use every opportunity that we can to either do whatever it is that we might want or to take advantage of the little moment and serve others now Instead of uh, instead of just telling you guys, well, it's it's up to you and you can do what you want. And just having another Sunday where, you know, maybe we talk about what it means to serve and love others. Which our church does a great job of not doing. Uh, this is my challenge to you. It's because we always end on a challenge in our youth group. Now... I always say if you take the challenge, great. It makes me really excited. If you don't take the challenge, that is completely all right. But my challenge to you is this. How can you find one way, one single way this week to be a servant to others? Now, if you're stuck wondering, you know, I have no idea where to even start. Maybe this is my first time here. I'm not really into this whole servant thing. Like, that's a cool story. We're always needing help in the kid's corner. So if you, if you ever want to volunteer back there, uh, that is a great place to start. But seriously, my one challenge to you this week is how can you serve others in the little moments that we find in between these larger moments in life? Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for the opportunity to go on this mission trip with the students. God, I thank you for everybody that's here, and I thank you for the opportunity to learn more about what it means to be somebody who who serves, and what it means to be just constantly living out your love in everyday moments, both in the little moments and the larger moments of life, and, God, I pray that as we walk through this next week, as we walk through the next month, the next year, that we can find more opportunities to show your love through serving others. Whether it's through a conversation, cooking pancakes, uh, or going on a mission trip. I just pray that you just work through us in the everyday lives that we have here on this earth. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So I do have one last announcement. And it is just real quick. We talked about it earlier in that little video section that we have before we have uh, our talks. And it is our backyard barbecue, everybody, July 16th. That is this weekend. We will be having a backyard barbecue right over here at 6 p.m. If you show up, there is barbecue. It is amazing. And we would love to see you all there. But you guys be safe getting out of this parking lot. And we will see you next Sunday.